What are you drinking? Um, check zero calorie cola. Zero calorie cola. Mm-hmm. Does it have alcohol in it? No. Does it have caffeine? Mm-hmm. What's check? Is that like a local store brand? It's Win Dixie's brand. Oh. I have never in my life heard of that, but that makes a lot of sense why I wouldn't have because I'm, I'm not anywhere close to a Win Dixie. <laughs> Wait, is Win Dixie racist? Mm, probably. Oh, man. But I mean, <laughs> nobody's caught on to it. So you're fine for now. <laughs> they're, they're definitely founded by cousin fuckers. <laughs> literally in the name of the store, Win Dixie. Win Dixie. Uh, well, yeah. no, but it's W I N N. So it's, I'm sure it's like, Oh, come on uh, like winfred or something i don't know <laughs> i don't think it's yeah i don't know are you, are you searching that now yeah i'm looking for it now racist. <laughs> <laughs> um parent organization founders i don't know why it's called win dixie because you know what <laughs> everybody that founded that that store their last names are all davis <laughs> oh no <laughs> what jefferson davis yeah da, 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 da. No, it was yeah, it's um and it was started in Idaho. What? What? Yeah. I don't know. This is and then they moved to Miami in 1925. And I don't yeah, I don't I'm, I'm not reading enough. I got to um, man. Riveting stuff. Yeah, right. This is the good <laughs> this is the good shit with podcasting. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh man. Well, here we are. It's been a while. Since we've done this, I'm afraid we might have forgotten how to do it. Yeah. Dalton has not forgotten how to not read a clock. Um, so that hasn't changed. How to get it back in a groove, man. Yeah. As you eat Chinese food, as we record an audio podcast. I figured I'd give the fans what they want, baby. Is, is that what they want? Because I must have missed that comment somewhere. I think so. I think so. I mean, uh, I can give you a nice descriptor. I'm eating uh, Kung Pao chicken and fried rice from the local Chinese food establishment, China One. In Lakeland, Georgia. I'll give you a quick review. Hold on. Delicious. Why aren't you using chopsticks? They don't offer chopsticks. What? Yeah, they, they just don't. They don't offer it. I bet they do. You just have to ask. <laughs> no, they don't. I have asked. I am a fancy boy. I like chopsticks, but it's all their clientele too well. Yeah, they do. They're like, well, there's only this one guy in town that knows how to use chopsticks, and we're not going to bother <laughs> stocking them up. <laughs> well, it's also Mexicans that run the restaurant, so. I mean, I mean, they're not very uh, Chinese. Yeah. Well, that's not totally surprising. I mean, there's quite a few Mexican, you know, operated Chinese places in New York, too. So, so really? well, Hispanic, I don't I didn't ask about what country of origin. Oh, yeah. So, sorry. Maybe we never Starting with the racism. <laughs> oh, Good man. Job, cornbread. <laughs> so, yeah. So what do you want to talk about before we kick this thing off? Um, yeah, let's, uh, we uh, updated the Patreon with a fucking downer. So let's talk about uh, my banger of a weekend this past weekend. Okay, go ahead. Talk. <laughs> <laughs> what do you need me to prompt? You're like, let's talk about my story. Uh, and then there's just a silence. <laughs> oh, fuck. Um, um, I'm trying to figure out what I want to leave for Dot Tales and what I don't. So uh, I'll just give you the basics. Um, we, I went to. Cleveland, Ohio. I forgot the name of your town, Charlie. I went to Cleveland, Ohio and stayed for a few days. And um, I just had, had a really good time. I got with friends, got some one-on-one time with some people that I've never had one-on-one time before. And that was really cool. Um, I can give you specifics. Thursday, 
I hung out with Ed Battis and he took me to a excellent Korean barbecue place. And it was the sweetest, he is the sweetest man on earth because it was all on the house. He spent a, I'm not going to say what the total was, but he spent a ridiculous amount of money on feeding me and showing me a good time. So Ed, shout out. Thank you. I appreciate you. And the next day was the wrestling show. And I got so drunk, Austin. I got <laughs> obliterated at this wrestling show. I want you to guess what my bar tab was. Just at the Odeon, not at the Fun House, just at the Odeon. Was it over 100? Uh, no, but close. 85. That you, You're doing thumb signals again, audio podcasting. 92. Oh, higher. Uh, oh, higher. 98? Uh, 95. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> $95. On That's like 10 Austin. drinks here, though. Like, that doesn't I, even phase me. Dude, I am a lightweight. Okay. I do not need to be drinking that much. During intermission, I had to hit a rally puke to come back and start drinking again. Oh, you told me about the rally puke. You didn't tell me it was during intermission. Yeah, it was during intermission. See, I, I thought went, it was when you left the Odeon to go to the after party. No, 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 no. <laughs> Amateur. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if anybody saw me because I was not, I was just focusing on getting the fuck out of that building because it was coming. I knew it was coming and I got to the corner of the parking lot. And mean Ed wasn't there to hold your hair. No, 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 no. It was me solo, baby. I'm embarrassed. I don't want, you just want told everybody it. on the podcast. That's How different. embarrassed are you? That's different than actually seeing it in the flesh. No. And then I went back in. I, and- I would hold your hair, Dalton. I would do that for you. And I wouldn't say anything to anybody. And for they, at least a few I would more film drinks it and fucking laugh the entire time. Yeah, and, then see, I would, and then I would put it on the Patreon for everybody to watch. <laughs> that is the difference between me and Charlie right there. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I did meet a couple of listeners of the show while I was at the AIW show. That was a very surreal experience. Um, he was nice enough to buy me drinks. So thank you, kind sir. I very much appreciate that. And after that, we went to a bar called the Fun House, and it was a fucking blast. I got one-on-one time with uh, Alabama Dan. I don't know if he's a listener, but shouts out Alabama Dan. And uh, Pam, who is also a listener, got to hang out with her, which was really cool. And the next day, I used an app called Toro to rent a car. It was very cheap. It's like 50 bucks. This is like this like basically Airbnb for cars, right? I went and picked it up. It's just this dude's car. And he asked me, uh, so what do you plan on doing with it? It's like, oh, you know, I just I flew a lot. The whole story was a lie that I told him. It's like, oh, you know, I flew in today and I'm just going to drive around Cleveland, you know, hang out with some friends. And it's like, okay, okay, okay. And I proceeded to take the stranger's car and drive all the way to Columbus. <laughs> with uh, So you probably have Lojack on the car and can yeah, just watch you trying to get to fucking Columbus. <laughs> Where the fuck is this guy going in my car? Oh, he did not mention it when I went to drop him off. But I went and picked up a two-time guest of the show, Young Ed, and me and Ed went on a fun road trip to go to Unsanctioned Pro, and I had a blast there. Um, this is a real good time, real solid hangs, and I'm really happy I got to have one-on-one time with uh, some of my friends that I know from the internet. You're doing exactly what your parents tell you not to do, and was over a year ago, you went and met a bunch of strangers from the internet, and here you are. And here we are, for that matter. Became lifelong friends. (laughs) I went and met strangers of the internet, and then we started a business. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's pretty much what happened. (laughs) Oh, man. But I will 
proceed. There is more to that story, but I will proceed to leave the juiciest details for our show, Dalt Tales, which is available on patreon.com slash if you catch my grift. <laughs> well, I, I had a, I was on a flight as well. It was not as fun a trip, but I will say one of the, my first flight that I was on, um, I was basically in hell. The, the only good thing about it was that I was, I was up front and this is going to sound like a humble brag. It's not, I'm not like, I'm, I'm not doing that but i was in the big dog only flies first class well and part of that is because i'm a big fat dude and those seats are the only thing that i can like comfortably i mean i could sit back and coach but i'd rather not it's uncomfortable as hell and i don't like doing it so you know what if because I he doesn't like riding with the pores well that's Tell true although yeah i mean i have a friend who uh works for an airline and she calls it cattle class so i just follow her line her lead um, no, I don't think that of the, the poor folks. Matter of fact, we're going to talk about a bunch of poor folks in this episode. But what I was up in first class, the dude in front of me, uh, turns out he was an NFT bro um, and kept getting on the phone before we took off talking about this new NFT project that he uh, had just started with some friends of his. And I wanted to fucking scream and just like start making a ruckus. I didn't because I didn't want to get off the plane. Then I sat next to someone and uh, this person, I'm not going to reveal anything about them. Um, not that I think that their job is in danger, but this person worked for McKinsey and company, which is a really awful um, consultation firm that we will definitely cover at some point. Oh, really? And like all in I the can say, we work? Um, probably worse because like they get involved with like global conflicts and <laughs> Jesus really make things <laughs> awful around the world. Um, and they get, they're just, their rates are in unbelievably expensive, uh, for the services they provide. But I will say that they, this person again, who doesn't, I mean, if I'm working on top secret stuff and I'm working on a plane, you buy one of those privacy filters, some people sitting next to you can't see nosy people like me. I mean, I looked at this person's screen. I saw all the PowerPoint presentations that they were going to present. And I will just say that if I worked at a big national grocery chain, I would be a little worried about my health benefits because that's definitely what they were working on. Oh no. So scumbags going to scumbag McKinsey scumbags, especially um, but yeah, that was fun. I really just wanted to like punch everybody around me because they're awful people that do awful <laughs> things. And I'm just assuming they're awful people. Maybe they were nice. I don't know. That person didn't drink or eat anything the entire like five hour flight. And I was like, were That's they offered weird. it? Yes. And they had a, oh, no. they had, a, they got a, they got a cup of sparkling water. And they let it sit there until it went flat and never drink a thing, a bit of it. Buddy, that is what we call a red flag. That, right? I thought so. I was like, not only do you work for McKinsey, you're just like a subhuman, like which I guess kind of goes <laughs> together, but whatever. Fuck that person. Um, so maybe this will leak out and they'll put it together and they will have to find another job at a heartless corporation. I don't know. I have not. Whatever. I don't care. We hope you don't lose your job, but your job fucking sucks. I, I actually don't care. <laughs> allegedly don't, allegedly we don't I, really, I don't i just i don't allegedly don't care i really don't give a shit austin we <laughs> just came back you can't get a sued <laughs> like, oh, i didn't use any names i didn't say where i was flying to if this listen, was you, sean you given, that works you, at mckenzie you cannot <laughs> sit next to austin you see I, what listen, if i was you if this was you you would have doxed him you would have given him flight number flight time date 
I know the person's name because it was up on the screen. <laughs> to Shreveport, Louisiana. You are wrong. That is not the flight that it was on. Oh, okay, okay. I mean, you got one of wrong, LaGuardia. I always fly out of LaGuardia, but that's just because I live close. Because you're a fucking fancy boy. No, that's the worst airport in New York City. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the closest to where I live. We are, if you catch my group, after our podcast about thieves, con artists, and scammers. Uh, there's some variation of that. I will nail down the intro one day, and today is not the day. Uh, I am Dalton. We are joined by Austin. Heaven O. Oh, fuck, not that again. And Charlie Butters. Hey, that's my new, that's, it's going to stick for as long as I can remember to do it. Um, all right. So (laughs) (laughs) Jesus Christ, (laughs) really just leave all that in. Um, so this is somewhat related to one of our, our very first actual Dalt tales available on Patreon. Uh, Dalton, I'm going to ask you this, knowing that you probably know more about this than I, than you've known about any other previous episode okay what do you know about prison (laughs) (laughs) well my daddy went to the store to go get some milk and turns out that boy was locked up in georgia state prison (laughs) no but uh do you ever have to visit him i don't want to get too real but did you ever have to visit him uh, my mom was heavily against me going to visit him did she uh, no no uh they fucking split like before i was a year before i was a year old uh, in fact, it was so like not it was so normal to me when I was younger that my mom and dad didn't know each other. I have a vivid memory of this. My dad had me for the weekend one time and he went to drop me off. And usually uh, because my mom hates his fucking guts, usually it would like be my grandma taking me from my dad. But this time it was my mom. And I went and looked at my mom I was like, hey, mom, this is my daddy. Daddy, this is my mommy. Oh and, no! Uh, yeah, I introduced them, and it broke my mom's heart. Wow! And yeah, yeah, it was a really uh, a powerful, powerful moment for her, <laughs> or an emotional moment, I guess I should say. But uh, I went and visited him once when I was about sixteen. Uh, it was against my mom's wishes, but at that point, I had already moved out from my mom's house, so she didn't really have to say. And my dad's sister got in contact with me and asked me if I wanted to see him, and I said yes. So she took me over to the prison that he was at, and he it was a surprise for him. They put me on the visitors list, but didn't tell him I was coming. Right. And uh, I got to see him, and it was, uh, at first, he was like, oh, my God, I'm so embarrassed. I don't want you to see me like this. But then eventually, it was just, you know, a father-son moment. Well, that, I mean, I'm glad you had that moment, even though, you know, regardless of what your relationship with your dad is. And I'm also glad, yeah. I, I guess, in a way, that I'm glad that your mom you know, didn't have that relationship because she wouldn't have been directly affected by the fucking scam that we're going to talk about today. Oh, you mean Um, putting money on books? Is that what we're talking about today? Well, that's part of it. It's a little bit more than that, but yeah, that's that's definitely going to be a part of it. 
Um, so I just want to do $5 for a goddamn honey bun. Kiss my ass. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, it, it's <laughs> you're, you, if, if that gets you a little hot by the end of this, you're going to be throwing punches. At I the have screen. not been in prison, but I have been in jail and I know commissary prices. It is, uh, not cheap to yeah. be in jail. Yeah. Well, and honestly, we're not even going to talk about commissary this episode. There's enough meat on this thing where we could do a bunch of episodes about this and kind of break down each individual part. But commissary, we'll definitely talk about it at some point because it's it's a, just a that's fucking scam. Yep, it's a giant <laughs> fucking scam. It's a ripoff. Um, so yeah, we're gonna talk about kind of like maybe this is the first entry into like the prison industrial complex and how how terrible it is. And so as the first entry, I just you were about to, do, to get me fucking fired up. I am hot. I, just I knew when it. I was writing this, I was like, man, I'm gonna get Dalton. Just he's gonna get yeah, he's gonna get hot about this. Um, yeah. But since this is the first episode of this not the first episode of the show but the first episode like kind of dealing with the prison system (laughs) that's true we're all brain dead um i want to give a little bit of history kind of about the the prison industry and then that'll that'll work as or the private prison industry specifically but that'll kind of work as the foundation for future episodes we don't have to do this every single time if that makes sense that's all right um so originally when you were in prison that wasn't the actual sentence right Originally, when when in, in America, the the you never were sentenced to be in prison. Confinement wasn't a punishment. So initially, what it was is, and, and I'm going to read this. This is from um, an article in the Duke Law Journal. It said, in colonial America, the meting out of criminal punishment was purely a local matter and could include any of a range of sanctions, among them fines, floggings, the stockade, banishment, and the gallows, but not imprisonment. That wasn't considered a punishment. Um, Very interesting. Right. I actually didn't know that. I thought this was really interesting. Um, And then they said, as in 18th century England, jails were merely holding chambers for debtors or for those individuals awaiting trial or punishment. Debtors? They locked you up for owing people money? Yeah, because who'd you owe money? The rich people. And you were probably poor. So you went to a jail. And funny enough, they were privately run at that point. Um, Jailers paid for the running of the jails themselves were reimbursed by the county according to a fee schedule. They also routinely supplemented their income by taking bribes from the prisoners in exchange for certain privileges and charging prisoners for meals and alcohol. The less money spent on upkeep, the more the jailer made. Jails were thus generally overcrowded and extremely unsanitary. That's just like... Say that out loud, and that feels like a recipe for disaster. Right? right? Oh, absolutely. And that's why you start to see prison. There's like a ton of reforms that the prisons go under. Um, it wasn't until the late 1700s that being confined to in a prison was the actual punishment, right? Right. Um, and while they were confined, prison labor became part of the, quote, rehabilitation process. And oh, you mean slavery? You, yeah, slavery. Exactly. Um it would quickly evolve from just, you know, being like, hey, this is how we we get you back ready for society to this is how we pay for the cost of running the prison. Right. So the laborers right. were getting we're, we're making money for the prison to run the prison, because since the beginning of this, we've had no interest in prisoners, regardless of what mm-hmm. they've done. We mm-hmm. don't want to we don't want public funds to go fund for prisons. We don't want taxes to do it. We want nothing to do with it. Like as a society, we really wash our hands of any incarcerated people. They're just thrown away. They're thrown they're away. Thrown away. They're, they're thrown away. And it's never changed. That's just been a constant through line. And it still happens today. Um, 
So uh, the prisons then took another turn and um, the prisoners actually began to be outsourced to the highest bidder. So a company or an owner like a of a slave auction. Exactly. So this is the thing that like gets skipped over in school, right? They talk about the civil war, pr- the slaves are freed. And then you go to MLK where there's a lot of wild shit that happened in between. And part of that right. is that after the civil war, black folks, former slaves were picked up left and right, put into these prisons. And then these plantation owners would come by and they would lease all the prisoners to work on their plantation. Fucking wild. Right. And it was, and, and so the other part of this is that new laws were passed like crazy to make it easier and easier to arrest freed slaves on lesser and lesser charges with bigger sentences. Sounds vaguely familiar. Yeah, <laughs> things don't change. So this is, for example, time is a flat circle. Oh my god! You know, it it doesn't repeat, but it certainly rhymes. Um, right. So, for example, in 1876, which is only 11 years after the end of the Civil War, the Mississippi legislature passed a, in quotes, major crime bill known as the Pig Law, which redefined the crime of grand larceny to include, and in quotes, the theft of a farm animal. Uh, or any property valued at $10 or more. Violation of this law, which was aimed directly at the newly freed slaves, meant up to five years in state prison. Can I get a fuck Mississippi? Yeah, fuck Mississippi. I actually <laughs> honestly didn't even put that together when I was writing it until I just read it out loud. But that is a shirt coming through. One of our first shirts coming to the store is a big <laughs> fuck Mississippi shirt. Um, so these practices were finally outlawed. This is 1876. They weren't outlawed until the 1930s when the new deal came in. So Jesus. Yeah. Oh, okay. So that's what people are complaining about. When they talk about FDR's new deal. Oh yeah. They hate the fucking new deal. <laughs> <laughs> fucking racist bastards. Um, but funny enough, it was like the, the new deal came, like this law was part of the new deal because private businesses and unions petitioned the government to stop the practice of prisoners or sorry, prisons contracting cheap labor in order to undercut their businesses. So they were like, the unions are like, we're losing business to prison labor knock it off and fdr with the new deal said that's a pretty good idea let's do that it really had so nothing to do it with didn't come with good intentions no <laughs> had nothing had nothing to do with the prisoners which is the shame but like all the good work um that the new deal did it would slowly become unraveled primarily in the 70s and 80s um through various programs and for the thing that we're talking about primarily we're going to talk about the war on drugs Mm, what a, okay that's a scam in itself oh it's so infuriating so this became you know the war on drugs i think the big headline if we had one for it is that punishment was the treatment for addiction you know instead of brother actual, preach it, preach it. A, a, you know treatment for addiction and you get to see this a lot and this is something that hits really close to home for me because uh, you know i there's there's i've dealt with addiction in my family and i know that the last place that any of those people would have been okay would be locked up in a prison there's right? no reason that my dad should have missed out on years of my life for nope. various drug offenses when they could nope. have got him fucking help yep and it all happened because you know we decided that we in the same way we don't like funding prisoners or prisons we also didn't want to fund mental health institutions right, right. because a prison is a lot cheaper to run than a mental health facility. Mental health facility, you have to pay doctors and nurses and, and there's certain guidelines that you have to follow. You don't have to do that with a prison, right? So get rid of the, 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 the asylums and let's just put everybody in jail. It's fucked. This whole thing yeah. is fucked. Yeah. Um, 
and it's it, it's it's just remarkable how much the war on drugs fucked everything up in this country. Like, uh, anyway, um, so 1977, the Supreme Court case Jones versus North Carolina Prisoner Labor Union restricted the prisoners' First Amendment rights to free speech and assembly and prohibited them from organizing a labor union. So even in prison, they wanted to form a union because they knew they were getting ripped off. Right. And the Supreme Court said, you don't have the First Amendment right to free assembly because you're a prisoner. That's so fucked up. That is so fucked up. Um, Hot on the heels of that in 1979, so this is two years later, the U.S. Congress overturned the New Deal era legislation against for-profit prison labor. They framed it as a tool to allow inmates to contribute to society and offset the running of the prison. So now they're like, we don't have to pay you minimum wage. We can pay you cents on the dollar. Yeah, 25 cents an hour is what uh, I know some people have made. And that's legal because the Congress said it and you're a prisoner and you have no fucking rights. 25 cents an hour. Say you work a 10 hour day. You know how much that is? Nothing. Math. Hold on. Two dollars. Two dollars and 50 cents. Yep. Um, And then along came my maybe least favorite president, Ronald Reagan, (laughs) and really just threw an accelerant onto the industry. It's hard. Top three. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Top three for sure. Um, In 1984. Hold on. Let's let's rank. We're going. I'm going to leave out the obvious one because I don't feel like I feel like he's right under. But I'm going to go Andrew Jackson. Uh, you mean Johnson? Do I mean Johnson? The one yeah. after Lincoln. Yeah, that's Johnson. Andrew Johnson. Yeah, Jackson. <laughs> Jackson was a general. Johnson did the Trail of Tears. Okay, Andrew Johnson, Ronald Reagan, George W. Bush. Man, I don't think God. There's a lot of them. Um, I don't know if I can. <laughs> I don't know if I have an order of it. Um, I'm sorry. Jackson was Trail of Tears. Yes. Yeah. But Johnson, right. but Johnson was the one right after Lincoln. So I think you've oh. got them both kind of confused. Okay, Johnson Jackson, was a shithead too. Who but, yeah, Jackson. Uh, that makes sense too, because I mean, you have Native American roots. Your wife is in, in, of indigenous upbringing. Like yes. that's extremely far. I I would probably put him up there too. I put Reagan up there too. Um, I don't know, man. I'll give me a W. Give me a W. I don't know if I could put W. is a war criminal, but I also feel like he's a product of the people that were underneath him. Like I, I'd fair. almost put Cheney on there. Oh yeah, like man, fuck but, he, but he wasn't the president, right? But, but okay, so I'm gonna flip flop and just include a vice president was for the hell of it. Cheney gets the W spot because Cheney ran that whole show whenever Bush was president. Like all the like his fucking uh, defense company helped me out. Uh, oh, he was no, it wasn't the Fitz Halliburton. It was an energy company. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the whole reason that the fucking we got sent to Iraq. <laughs> That's it because all yeah. the all the government contracts went to him. <laughs> yep. yep. Um, I don't know. I think I think Coolidge is underrated as a fucking racist prick. Okay. I That's think fair. Jackson and Johnson are both up there neck and neck. There's a bunch of these guys. Honestly, I think most of the, the framers of the Constitution were pretty shitty because they they were like, well, we don't want to mess up our own material interests. So slavery is not going to be mentioned in the Constitution. Right. Kind of sets off things in the wrong direction. So we're going to let all the all the men and women vote right. And they're like, women? Yeah. And wait, <laughs> what about all men? I don't think so. You just have to own <laughs> land, which means you have to be wealthy. Right. <laughs> yeah, they really set us on the right thing. That's why it infuriates me when I see 
a musical made af- named after Alexander Hamilton. I was like, he he's one of the bad guys, folks. Right. He's he's not one of the good ones. Like, remember the founding fathers fucking suck. <laughs> so anyway, we went off the rails, but we that's did. what we do here. If and you we'll catch get my politics. We're back, we'll, baby. <laughs> no, we're not. We're not back. This is this is a this is a the, this is about politics, but not about party politics. That's what I'll say. <laughs> this is about a, a systematic thing. Anyway, Reagan came along. 1984, he um, passed the Comprehensive Crime Control Act, which harshened penalties for cultivation, possession, or transfer of marijuana. It also abolished parole for federal prisoners sentenced after November 1st, 1987. So if you got popped on federal drug charges, you could not be put on parole. Wow. Wow. So (laughs) there's people serving life in prison right now. So this bill on them. Here's the worst part. Right. It was passed by a vote of 78 to 11 in the Senate. What? And 252 to 60 in the House. What? How did Reefer Madness really fuck these people up that bad? I, I don't know. It's it's this is the this is the mood. The 80s was all about like scary crime. And I think we're starting to see it again, which terrifies me. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, we're on a very similar path. I feel like the uh, don't say gay movement and the satanic panic are like hand in hand. Yeah, like they're not happening. brothers and sisters, but they're cousins. Yeah, they're definitely kissing well, cousins. A lot of the, the marijuana legislation, shit like that, too. Like it was all about marijuana being a gateway drug. It was mm. the gateway drug to everything else. Listen here, motherfuckers. Not. I did coke before I ever did <laughs> they weed. Painted it that way, so then it was that way. Right. So right. They they had a good they had good PR on that. Yeah. Bad PR looking back on it. Um, so two years after that, Reagan signed the Anti-Drug Abuse Act, which would include minimum sentencing guidelines for crack cocaine. So at that point, motherfucker, you were dropping it off in the neighborhood. Yeah, man. (laughs) They just, they were like, minimum minimum sentencing is such a like demonic thing that this insane governor of New York um, put into place. Um, The Rockefeller laws is what they're called. And Reagan's legislation was based off of that. It wasn't quite as harsh. And and up until recently, New York had really some of the worst sentencing on drug charges because of those laws. And they were finally overturned. about this time, funny enough, ha, 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 two of the biggest private prison companies were founded. In 83, the Corrections Corporation of America, or CCA, was founded. They're now called Core Civic. You know, they went through a rebranding. They didn't want to sound as evil. I mean, everybody knew that CCA was a big pile of shit. We have Core uh, Civic places right around me. Yep. Um, and so they were, they had a promise to deliver the same service that federally run prisons offered, but for less money which is also a big fucking bunch of bullshit. Uh, five years later, the Wackenhut Corrections Corporation, the WCC, now known as Geo Group, GEO Group, was founded. Uh, those are that they actually are the largest now private prison company. CCA is second or core civic, whatever they're called now. So because of all this legislation, because of these private prisons, the actual between 1980 and 1989, this is in nine years, the total U.S. prison population increased by 115 percent. Jesus. So they're like, we've so got more this, than double, more than double. We've like we've got this industry. Now we need to feed it bodies. Right. Because that's the customer is the you know, like we're making money based on how many people are locked up. So let's lock up as many people as we can. So the state prison of Alaska is not a private prison that is owned is managed by the Georgia Department of Corrections. But under notable inmates, there is uh, Guy Heinze or Heinz Jr. Apparently, there's a mass murderer. 
sentenced nice. to life without possibility of parole for killing his father and seven members of his family. And Ashley Diamond, who the only thing they have under it is LGBTQ activist. What? So, yeah. Ashley Diamond is an American transgender civil rights activist who sued the Georgia Department of Corrections twice for housing her with male inmates and refusing to provide medical treatment she'd been receiving since she was a teenager. Oh, that's horrible. Um, yeah, this is oh, this is real bad. Uh, this is real bad. Um, oh, yeah, I'm not that's sad stuff. Okay, yeah, I'm just gonna close that out. I'm gonna close that one out. <laughs> I'm not really painting my hometown in the best light here. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So 115% increase in prisoners. It's just wild. Well, then along came Bill Clinton and he signed <laughs> what we all call uh, now the crime bill, which is it was okay. actually called the Violent Crime Control and Law Enforcement Act into law in 1994. And who championed that in the Senate? Our current president, Joseph R. Biden. You see, uh, Monica just slid that on my desk. Don't worry about that. I wasn't reading it when I signed it. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> so um, part of that bill included funding for prisons as well as introducing new sentencing for a swath of non-drug-related crimes. So they're like, well, we got the gu- drug stuff covered. Let's get some more shit. We got to get, we got to ensnare more people. We got to get these criminals. Right, exactly. Oh, we got to get these criminals. <laughs> um, so in by 1999, the total U.S. prison population was at two million. Two, it's actually two million twenty-six thousand five hundred and ninety-six people. Nuts! They have a metropolitan area's worth of prisoners. Yep, that is insane. Now that's up. This is ninety-nine. That's up from seven hundred and ten thousand just ten years earlier. Fuck, dude. You see, I mean, like people talk about like the prison industrial complex, but like this is what it is. Like, these are the numbers of right. people that are being incarcerated. That is like. A- I got chill bumps. <laughs> that is an insane amount of people. Yeah. And and I just want to remind you again, just say it again. Like none of this is about reformation. All of this is about incarceration for the purpose of making money. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's my history lesson. It's done because we're going to talk about who's actually making the money in these situations. And like I said earlier, this is going to be a multi-part. We're not going to do them all in a row. We're going to do, we're going to come back to this over and over again. But for this episode, we're going to talk about a company called JPay. Oh, yeah. I know who JP is. Do you? All right. That's how you send money to prisoners there. That is, you're very correct. Um, So I have used JP. I have sent people money through JP. Oh, this is good. This is better than I thought when I was writing this. I was like, I have no idea if he's going to know who this is. Yeah. But yeah, you know, well, do you know how awful they fucking are? Yeah, I know they take a crazy amount of fees. (laughs) We're going to get to that. (laughs) That's going to be the first part. Um, So JP was started in 2002 by a guy named Ryan Shapiro. Uh, right as he got Any out of relation? college to who you know who who ben shapiro oh no i don't think so <laughs> dude whose sister has to fucking you know the fucking honk honk milkers is yeah, what you want to say yeah the, no that's not that's not no relation. Mommy. feed me mommy <laughs> oh god no 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 um <laughs> So he got out of, he founded this company, got out of college. Um, according to him, this is kind of his own mythos, is that he was inspired to start JPay after accompanying a friend to make a weekly money transfer here to his mom, who was incarcerated at Rikers Island. And so this guy, this brain trust was like, Do you know how fucked that is? You see your mom, you see somebody sending their money to their poor mom who's locked up in prison. And you're like, man, I can make a buck off that. 
Well, okay. Fucked. Yes, that's what's going to happen. But right now he's like, well, it's 2002. We have PayPal. Why isn't there an easier way to transfer money to people? That's that's his story, right? That's his okay. approach to the problem. Okay. But I also think that it like I will save my outrage for later. You oh, you there'll be plenty of moments for your outrage. Now, <laughs> here's here's what I think about tech startups. Most of them, most of them are companies that have a solution that are in search of a problem, right? They're like, well, we got this really great idea. Now let's kind of figure out how you can use it to do something. And they're most, most of them are bullshit. I, I did beta testing for this company. I'm not going to say the company because I don't really care that much, but they had this giant machine that all it did was dispense your medications, pills every morning, vitamins or pills, overly complicated. They had all these like weird timers and it just, and it was huge. It like took up so much space, like two appliances on, on the, you know, in the kitchen. And it came to find out that the only reason that there was even a design product, they weren't interested in pill distribution. It was because the guy who started the company's dad had a patent on the way that they distribute the pill and he didn't want to expire. So he started, he created something new to use the patent. That's crazy. You can just do that. And then he got funding and built this whole fucking startup from, for that, to protect his patent. That's fucking wild. I was like, this is so (laughs) stupid. Nothing means anything. Uh, (laughs) So uh that's just my personal run-in but it's that thing has been sitting for at least three years on top of the washing machine in my apartment like i'm throwing <laughs> it away but i'm not giving it back because i didn't ask for it back and i have no use for it it didn't didn't work half the time it's a piece of shit anyway jpay was born as a company that would process money transfers to prisoners like you had said with a focus on uh transfers through their website that's mm-hmm. their whole thing hey we got it now you could do this electronically um and like you've already said there's a there's a big catch to this uh, the idea was to improve the quality of life for prisoners, but let's be honest, it's a money grab and it came at the expense of the incarcerated people's friends and family, anybody mm-hmm. that was given them money. And you, you know about this already. And it gets to the point, like it's such a hassle on some of the families, like it gets to the point where they don't want to send you money anymore. Yeah. And that is yeah. sad. It's the, that it's is the so opposite. Fucking sad. Yeah. It's the opposite. It's the opposite of what it should be. Um, and, and the thing is, is like the service that was there before was super low cost and, and sometimes free. Yeah. So they weren't even improving upon something. They were just taking something that was fine and didn't need to be fixed, recreating something that's even worse than it was. Isn't that like half of like innovations though, that take stuff that works and yeah. they just break it so they can fix it again. Half, <laughs> but most of that too, they take innovations that the taxpayer money funded like government projects and they build yeah. upon it. Like, I don't know the fucking internet. just let's start there um so the fees are exorbitant and i'm going to read you a couple things uh just really quick so the average fee to wire twenty dollars to an incarcerated person in a state-run prison these are just state-run prisons nationwide is 19 percent. so three dollars and 80 cents on a twenty dollar deposit but it ranges from five percent in some states to 37 percent in other states According to percent is fucking wild. Yeah, yeah. According to a recent prison policy initiative study. And I want to read this real quick story from Time magazine because I think it is the most telling example. Kinda. No, it really it broke my heart when I read it. Uh, so here we go. It's a little long. Just bear with me because I think it's worth reading. Um, Pat Taylor doesn't believe in going into debt. She keeps her bills in a freezer bag under her bed next to old photo albums and believes in paying them on time religiously for Taylor living within your means is part of being a good Christian. 
Lately, Taylor, 64, has felt torn between that commitment and her desire to be a loving, supportive mother for her son, Eddie. You probably already see where this is going. Eddie, 38, is serving a 20-year prison sentence at Bland Correctional Center for armed robbery. He's doing his time at a medium security Virginia State Prison located 137 miles northwest of Johnson City across the dips and valleys of the Blue Ridge Mountains here in the heart of Appalachia. The cost of supporting and visiting Eddie keeps going up, so Pat makes trade-offs. And this is in quotes from Pat. I would send him money even if it broke me because I do go without paying some bills sometimes to go see him, Pat says. Poor Pat. Uh, Between gas to make the trip and overpriced sandwiches from the prison vending machines, visiting Bland costs about $50, a strain on her housekeeper's wages. So she alternates visiting Eddie once a week and sending him money the next. To get cash to her son, Pat used to purchase a money order at the post office for $1.25 and mail it to the prison for a total cost of less than $2. But in March of last year, the Virginia Department of Corrections informed her that JPay Incorporated, a private company in Florida, would begin handling all deposits into inmate accounts. Here's the fun stuff. By that, I mean awful. Sending a money order (laughs) through JPay takes too long. So Taylor started using her debit card to get him funds instead. To send Eddie $50, Taylor must pay $6.95 to JPay. Depending on how much she can afford to send, the fee can be as high as 35%. In other states, JPay's fees approach 45%. Jesus. After the fee... The state takes out another 15% of her money for court fees and a mandatory savings account, which Eddie will receive upon his release in 2021, minus the interest, which goes to the Department of Corrections. Because, of course, it does. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Eddie needs money to pay for basic needs like toothpaste, visits to the doctor, and winter clothes. In some states, families of inmates pay for toilet paper, electricity, even room and board as governments increasingly shift the cost of imprisonment from taxpayers to the families of inmates. Just imagine uh, that. Imagine I, not being able to wipe uh, your ass because you can't afford fucking it. Fucking We will lock them up and then refuse to pay for it. Right. That's the biggest. Oh my God. This and is another insane. thing that you hit on, but I don't think that you like, maybe you realize that, but, uh, He's hidden in the mountains, you know, in, in a rem- probably a remote town. Middle of nowhere. Yeah. They just throw these people in the middle of nowhere where their family can't visit them, and they just rot there. And they often have to move closer. Yeah. I mean, she's a housekeeper. She can work from anywhere, in theory, but she and definitely... Like, I, don't, I don't know what Eddie did, but... It armed robbery. But the blame should not shift from Eddie to his mom. Like, no. it shouldn't work that way. She didn't rob anybody. Right. And then she's getting punished for it. Yep. So this is this is um, this is a quote from her to close things up. She said, "To give him fifty dollars, I have to send seventy dollars off my card." Said Taylor, who moved to a smaller apartment on the outskirts of Johnson City in part because of the rising cost of supporting Eddie. And then this is the this is the line I think that that just sums it all up. She said, "They're punishing the families, not the inmates." Right. Right. Absolutely right. If you're a listener of this podcast and you're not incredibly pissed off right now just turn it off because it's gonna get worse <laughs> I, I mean like this is so infuriating i just this is maybe the most infuriating one that we've had so far i'm trying to think back if there's anything like i got a little drunk and wanted to fight that old man a nap hills grandson uh and ed Mazvinsky's dumbass kid but like not in the same way this this is like a system that needs to be fucking dismantled because he doesn't want to fight a person he wants to fight the system brother <laughs> no i just this is this is bullshit it this is. is bullshit 
This is such like there's no other word for it. It's absolutely bullshit. It's it's this poor it, woman had to uproot her whole life. Yep, because of this. Because your kid made a bad choice, and and think about it. If she's spending uh, seventy minus fifty, that's what twenty. Uh, that's an extra forty dollars a month she's having to send just right. because of JPay, just because yep. they exist. Yep, because they instead of being an actual like disruptive, inventive company, they just decided to that there was an untapped market to take advantage of. Yeah, yeah, and that's what <laughs> they've done. It. So here we go. This is going to get deeper. Um, when they launched in two thousand two. They didn't immediately take off, right? Because the, the prisons were like, why do we need to use your service? We've got all these other services. Everything's working, right? It ain't broke. Don't fix it kind of thing. Then they came up with this uh, insidious, I, I don't know of a better word for it, idea and started offering kickbacks to the corrections administration if they use JPay. Fucking kickbacks? What is this? An Amazon promo code? Yeah. So, <laughs> so yes. <What? laughs> So now if you the, use JPay slash bought off the state prison, you can get a 20, I'll get a 20% no, kickback. It's worse than that. If they said, if Georgia state prison system adopts JPay, the Georgia state prisons they will have. get a percentage of the fees for every transaction. Nuts. So now and they then, have, they have more money to pay their own payroll as the, 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 you know, for the prison system, they can pay for improvements. They can pay all this stuff because now they're getting paid by JPay, and JPay has taken over all of the transfer infrastructure, like the money transfer infrastructure. So now they like, we don't have to do anything extra and we're getting more money. And then every time these fucking, like they go, the contract negotiations are under, there's other players in this field. It's not just JPay. I want to make that clear. We'll, we'll yeah. talk about a little bit of that later, but like they have to, the, the company that gets the contract is the one with the highest kickback. And the only way that you get a higher kickback is you increase the fucking fees yeah. that these families have to pay. And it, it'll just, it'll get to the point where nobody can afford to support their and nobody one. gives a shit. Yeah. These people are just like, they're truly like, just like the redheaded stepchild of America, like prisoners in general. Yeah. And I mean, then people are like, oh, lock them up like animals. And isn't that the reason they become animals? Because insidious shit like this. Yeah. And you get left basically out to rot by yourself with no contact from anybody you love. What happens? You, you become feral and yep. you just fucking, it's insane. It's like me dropping my daughter off in the woods and leaving her alone for five years and expecting her to be the same person when she comes back. It's almost worse. Yeah. It's almost worse than that. Like, I mean, With the condition she, of these, like, dude, yeah, she's got a shot. Maybe she can find some berries that she can eat out in the woods. You know, like she's got some space too. Like you're not confined to a little concrete block, right. you know, without toilet paper, unless you can afford it. Right. <laughs> it's fucking and the wild. people in prison are not wealthy. Right. These no. are the, these are the, these are the, some there's of the most vulnerable people. Are, there's yeah. a reason like they're committing these crimes. It's not because they have fucking money. And, and I'm not excusing them from the crime. Right. I'm not a prison abolitionist. I don't believe that like prisons should be abolished altogether, all but I also think that they should be places for, you know, where you learn to reintegrate into society. Right. Have the rehabilitation. Ever, have you ever watched a Netflix show, uh, World's Toughest Prisons? I don't like those shows. I can't watch but, them. I have tried. Well, they I are, have watched them and they just like, it makes me. I the reason like I brought them. it up is because, like, I know the show says world's toughest prisons, but like, as you get on like season three and four, they obviously run out of tough prisons to go to. Yeah. <laughs> but they go to really chill places like Sweden. And dude, it's like a fucking 
it's a whole different experience. It's like a actual rehabilitation facility and it's, it's really nice. And it's like, and the dude that hosts the show will go over to statistics and like their turnaround of like reoffenders are yeah. so fucking low. Yep. It's because they get the actual help that they need. Yep. Yep. It's rehabilitation. It's not punishment. So some jurisdictions have passed laws to ensure that there's still a free money transfer option, right? They were like, we're not going to tie this all to this pricey money transfer um, option. However, JPay is usually still in charge of processing the transactions and they basically do. <laughs> They've got their greedy little fucking fingers yeah. all over it anyway. So if you send a check or a money order, you have to send it to JPay and they process it and they go out of their way to make the process as burdensome as possible. So th- this is, this is JPay's policy. Like I don't understand it. So why do we need this fucking middleman? Why we can't don't. prisoners just have cash on hand? We don't. Like, That's it- the thing they, they did before. And then these fucking assholes came in and were like, we have a better way that it's going to make us millions of dollars and punish the families <laughs> yeah. of these prisoners. These guys are fucking scum. Anyway, Chris starts standing up. They were like, what is going no, on? He's, he's, got, he's got, he's got noise canceling headphones. <laughs> <laughs> he's watching TV in the other room. Uh, <laughs> yeah. He would be, he would be yelling at me if I was You're like, watch, be quiet. Um, <laughs> so JPay has a policy of holding onto checks for 10 days before po- depositing them. What? Yep. 10 so you, days. You send them a check or a money order, even though money order is valid, they they hold it for 10 days before they clear if it. And my job it. held my money for 10 days. Exactly. I would be kicking someone's ass. Yep. It's going to get worse. It's going to get worse. <sighs> Christ. Um, they also sometimes require deposit slips when using checks or money orders and makes these deposits extremely hard to find on their website. Uh, but they'll offer to mail the slip to you, further delaying the money from actually going to the prisoners. <laughs> it is, and, and this is all a tactic because they don't make the money on the the checks and money orders, right? Right. So this is all a tactic to push you to their electronic fund transfer service. That's where exactly. they make all their yeah. money. Um, a former mark this. Oh God, a former marketing director for JPay bragged that he shifted seventy eight percent of consumers using money orders to the online deposit increasing revenues by $985,000. You know how fucking evil <laughs> you'd right? have to be to be on this board of directors or any like involved in any way with this fucking company. Yep. I'm not going to blame anyone on the ground floor because everybody's got to work somewhere. But when it comes to executives. Yeah. Oh, these guys are fucking yeah. awful. This is this is depraved. I want to say um, ground floor. I mean, like entry level. You, you know what? Yeah. I mean. Like customer, you know I mean. the customer, like the people that pick up the phones. Yeah. 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 So JP is not the only player in this field. I mentioned that before, but they are f- by far the biggest at the state level. Um, now, money transfers to federal prisoners has actually been controlled since the year 2000 by a place that you have definitely heard of Bank of America. The worst fucking bank. I've ever dealt with. It was the first bank I ever had as an adult, and I will never ever go back. They stole a whole bunch of money from me. Yep. And it just, I still owe them that money. I refuse to pay it. I don't want to pay it. Drop yep. that credit score, baby. I don't care. <laughs> so if you want to transfer money to a, the federal facility, to someone who's in a federal uh, facility, you have to go through Bank of America. Uh, they got this as a no bid contract based on a law that was over 150 years old. That's called a loophole that you get from lobbying. Um, and at first, they primarily subcontracted, so you don't actually see that Bank of America is making money off this stuff. They subcontracted through Western Union and MoneyGram, but more recently, they've replaced Western Union MoneyGram with JPay. 
So real now, cool, real cool stuff. Not only are they in the state business, they're also getting into the federal money transfer business. Um, yeah, they are. They are a parasite and a very successful one. Um, this is from a report by the nonprofit called Worth Rises, and they're like a prisoner advocacy group that they fight against the prison industrial complex and privatization. So they said the families and support networks of incarcerated people transfer an estimated 1.8 billion into prisons and jails to support their loved ones every year. In 2015, the correctional money transferred market was estimated to be worth $172 million with the federal prison system contract worth 15 million state prison contracts worth 99 million and county jail contracts worth 58 million. And while reductions in the prison population in recent years suggest that the market opportunity is contracted by 11% to 153 million, there is still significant growth expected in the private sector, particularly at the county level. So that's important because that's a lot of fucking money. That's a lot of fucking money. JPay is the number one money transfer company for state prisons. It's getting involved with the federal prisons as a subcontractor, but now it's got its eyes on county prisons and county jails. They're like, if we can tap into that $58 million market, we can make some money. That's some new customers for us. So that's yeah. just, that's a fucking insane. That, uh, I don't have words for it. <laughs> it's yep. so gross. It's so gross. So this is, um, just to give you an like, idea of just like, like these people have like had every they've had everything taken away from them and yep. he's like you know what let's make some fucking money off we're of gonna them. steal more money we're gonna steal from you we're gonna actively steal from you and never go yeah. to jail for it <laughs> like if you stole from one of the executives you'd go to jail yeah but they can steal from you because they have a contract with the government because they have money Yep. So JPay is undoubtedly the largest player in the correctional finance service sector of the present industry with a virtual monopoly over the market. In 2014, JPay had 71% of the market share across states, state agencies and 46% across all federal, state and county agencies, serving more than 1.7 million incarcerated people in 32 states. What happened to all these anti-monopoly laws? In no, they've gone away. We don't have them anymore. Monopoly is not a thing. <laughs> 40% of the people that they serve have no alternative option for receiving money in prison. So it's either this or nothing. Yep. That year, JPay transferred more than $525 million in 7.5 million transactions, generating $53.9 million in revenue for financial services business segment. By 2018, JPay's financial business was generating $143 million annually, up from 166% in just four years. That was a gross amount of money. And that's just one of the sectors they're in. This is not their only yeah. form of business. We're going to talk about the other two. So there's some serious fucking money. But if you speak to Ryan Shapiro, the shithead who founded this, and fuck him, fuck him, fuck him. Um, this is what he said. He, he said uh, he'd tell you that they just skimp by and most of the money they make from the fees goes into staffing their call centers. Go fuck yourself. No, it yeah. doesn't. Yeah, here's pay a, those motherfuckers $15 an hour. Here's, here, <laughs> here, here's a quote from him. He said, I know who's making money down to the penny, and I can tell you that nobody's making a killing on those margins. Well, you are full of shit. Yep. What, what, how, in what planet do you think that a hundred plus million dollar company, nobody's making a profit. You are insane. Oh yeah. He lives in a very wealthy neighborhood in Florida. He's got a ton of money. He's, he's not, we're not worried about this asshole. Uh, even though it's just kind of a fun ending to the story. Um, so I just mentioned bank trans bank transfers are not the only business that JPay is into. Um, 
you ever heard of debit release cards? Like uh, like bank cards that like a job would give you when you first start if you don't have a direct deposit, that kind mm-hmm. of? No, it's far more evil. Um, okay. So upon release, the formerly incarcerated oh, person okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. is issued a debit card for any money they had left in their commissary account, any money they made as a prison laborer, and any money that they had on them when they were incarcerated. So this is their money, right? Instead of giving them a check or instead of giving them cash, you know, say you had 300 bucks in your pocket, you had some commissary money. Sometimes, you know, prisons will give you a little extra money just to get started at the behest of the taxpayer, which I'm fine with. Um, and now, they, now they're all on debit cards. These debit cards are fucking loaded with fees. And this is from a piece in Think Progress. And just take a sip of something because you're not going to be happy with this. I think I'm out of drink. Uh, (laughs) um, On the day he was released, after nearly 30 years in the California prison system, Joe Rudy Reyes was taken to a bus station. What a a name. What a name. (laughs) A corrections officer handed him a debit card preloaded with $442.20, the balance of his inmate trust account, plus an additional $200 from the state to help him get home. And you know what? Not bad. Not bad. That'll get you you hold up at an extended stay somewhere long enough to find a job. That's not a lot after 30 years, though. Oh, fuck. (laughs) You're right. right, I I guess it's something, but man, that's not a lot. Um, So began a year-long nightmare as Reyes tried unsuccessfully to access his own money. Well, how is he supposed to get it? In January, Reyes, with the representation by the Human Rights Defense Center, filed a proposed federal class action lawsuit against JPay Incorporated. The Reyes versus JPay complaint filed on behalf of every person who has received a JPay card upon release from prison alleges that the company's policies are monopolistic and illegal. According to yes, the complaint, by the way, yes, yes, they are. Yeah, they fucking are. You're right. According to the complaint, JPay charged Reyes a series of fees, including a $3 monthly maintenance fee and a $1 ATM decline fee. Decline, they charge you a fee. The card stopped working after Reyes. If you don't have any money, we're going to charge you a fee for trying to get your money? Yes. What? Anything they can do to eat away with that balance and keep as much of the balance. Say you're negative, blah, blah, blah. You try to get some money out. You don't realize you're negative. It declines. There's a dollar, and then they charge a fifty dollar uh, neg- withdrawal like overdraft. Fee. Yeah, overdraft fee. Yep. Oh yeah. The card stopped working after Reyes purchased bus tickets, a prepaid cell phone, and lunch. When he called the number on the back of the card, Praxel, a company providing customer service for prepaid cards, told him that his account was frozen due to suspicious activity. For months, Reyes dutifully followed an ever-changing set of requirements to regain access to the card, including sending a copy of his driver's license which had long since expired after 30 years in the prison system, obtaining a notarized letter proving his place of address and contacting his former prison. When he called Praxel one year after his release, an automated system told him the account was closed. They kept this motherfucker's money. Dude, that's fucked. Yep. Jesus Christ. And again, JP wasn't the first. In 1998, JP Morgan Chase got in on the business and they became back in his own right. Seriously. Uh, So they actually became the official debit card. um, What is it? They they call it the distributor of debit cards on behalf of the federal government. And eventually they would go to distribute these prison release cards to the federal uh, prison system. And I think the worst thing about this is this is not the company's money. This is not JP Morgan Chase's money. This is not JPay's money. This is the prisoner's money. Yes. 100% of it is the prisoner's money. And they're found this 
dubious legal way to steal from prisoners who just got out of jail. And it's fucking ridiculous. These people are just getting their life back and you're immediately taking from them. And you're immediately beating the shit out of them. It's it's I, I can't even think of anything else. It's like, this is your money. You you literally earn this money making 40 cents an hour working as a prisoner. And you're like, yeah, I'm taking, I'm stealing it. I'm going to make up a bunch of bullshit ass charges and I'm going to take all your money because fuck you. Nobody cares about you. Yeah. And that's exactly the way they feel. I'm so fucking furious. So the other part of this is that it's nice to see you have that tick too with your nose ring. I do it all the time. It's because I'm at the itchy phase Mm -hmm. where like it tingles all the time. And I always feel Mm -hmm. like my mustache is tickling it, but it's just my brain. (laughs) (laughs) So this is a really nasty bit of business too, because it's dependent on recidivism. Like they make more money when people are in and out of prison on minor offenses. Like they want drug them possession. back. They yeah. want them back. They don't want them to be rehabilitated. No. That's how they make their fucking money. They want them in. They want them out quickly because then yeah. they get the debit release card every time they're released from prison and they can take more money from them every single time. So they don't want long sentences. They want short little sentences. So these guys are actually lobbying on shorter drug sentences which is the opposite of what it was in the seventies and eighties. These guys are going, you know, reduce the sentences because we know these people will be back over and over and over again. And we can make more and more money of them every time they get out of prison. Mm-hmm. Fucked up. I mean, there's so like, in addition, there's also a long company like, history of the phone companies. And we're going to do a whole episode on that. Like how, how much money these private phone companies were charging prisoners to call home. Oh, yeah. Absolutely fucking insane. Um, AT&T used to do it. They were like the main one before they were demonopolized and broken up into a bunch of different uh, phone companies. And they did it in the form of collect calls. And then when they were broken up, all these companies swooped in and took over the phone business. JPEG is in on that business as well. They are now monetizing email and video communication. Mm-hmm. That's between- how, uh, uh, where's locked up? Not recently. She got out like a year and a half ago, but that's how uh, they, uh, I say Skype, but like video called weather is through JPay. JPay. Yep. They charge you for the video calls. Yep. They charge you to send emails yep. in and out because they have this thing where they're like, well, we we don't want fentanyl coming in. So we scan every single letter that comes through. Yeah. And that's what these prisoners want is fucking yeah. fentanyl. Yeah. 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 For sure. So like something free for everybody else, sending an email or video chatting has been monetized once again. And, and, and it's like, it's just fucking awful. It's awful. Like, there's nothing okay about any of this stuff. It, it, it's like they, you, if you're a prisoner to send an email, so they have like JPay now has these kiosks that are installed in the prisons that they're <laughs> operating in, and you go and you line up and you go and you buy credits to send emails, and yep. it's something like four dollars for ten emails or something like that. Like, it doesn't sound like a lot of money, but it's like it is a lot it's of money. Free. Think about think about uh like how much you text somebody, right? Yeah, and like me and Austin will probably send a hundred texts to each other every day. Yeah. Uh, let's say, uh, how much was it? Ten dollars for emails or four dollars? Four for ten. for ten, I think, is what. Four for ten. Years. Uh, four times ten, forty. That'd be forty dollars for me and Austin to talk every day, like we do now. Yep. Forty dollars per day. Yep. 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 Fucking, fucking bullshit. Nuts. This is so. This is from Wired. Just to kind of also put it in perspective, I think you did a really good job. Actually, I probably don't need to read this, but I'm going to anyway because I wrote it. <laughs> it says, <laughs> "I didn't do this research for nothing." God damn it! Quit, quit <laughs> jumping all over me. You're doing a great job, though. I love you. Um, <laughs> in Idaho, 
Prison wages range from 10 cents to 90 cents an hour. That, says Peter Wagner, director of the Prison Policy Initiative, can be a powerful motivator to figure out ways to increase one's spending power. JPay is a company that charges 47 cents an, to send an email. That's five hours of labor to send one email. That's fucking crazy. Imagine yeah. if you had to work five hours to send me the link to the Zoom call that we're on right now to record yeah. this. I know. And we, these are like listeners, you get the edited down version. These things go on for a while. (laughs) It's a lot that Charlie cuts out. Um, I'll never forget Belle Duffine five hours. That was a long one. That was the long one. Um, But like, even if you just ignore the financial stuff, right. Even if you just say, this is awful because they're charging all this money. There's, there's, there's a lot more of like the sinister aspect to it. These have bigger effects on their customers or victims. This is um, from a piece on in the Northwest Florida Daily News. It says, the toll of constant billing can be a devastating for families without the means to keep up. An FCC report released in April found that as many as 34% of families will go into debt in order to maintain communications with an incarcerated family member. The same study revealed that some low-income families are forced to choose between telephone calls to incarcerated family members and buying essential food and medicines. Alternatively, studies are people paying for fucking medicine. If the government wants to lock them up, pay to keep them healthy. Exactly. 100%. Alternatively, the studies have shown that inmates who communicate regularly through loved ones are less likely to reoffend upon leaving jail or prison. Mm -hmm. But here we are. We're putting up barriers to communicate with the loved ones. The one thing that that could potentially help, now we've monetized and privatized and fuck JPay. So it's like an endless cycle of profit and monetization, right? There's just no end to this shit. You know, I mentioned that incoming mail is scanned. They charge extra for that, right? If you write a letter and you send it, the prisoner gets charged for the scan that goes to the the kiosk that they can they can then read. It's fucking insane. And the most recent innovation, quotes, big quotes, <laughs> innovation from JPEG comes in the form of these seven-inch tablets that can sync up with the JPEG kiosks. So mm-hmm. now prisoners, if they act right and they can afford to buy one, they get this little tablet and they can read their email on it. They can um, buy music, music. Yep. video games, yep. documents. Um, and of course it's all for a fee, right? You pay money for this. Now, this is the only one nice thing I'm going to say about JPay, And it's a very small caveat. Even though the tech doesn't always work, I think it's a win for incarcerated people to have access to this technology, right? Yeah. Yeah. A lot of them take classes and they use the, the little bitty, you know, the little bitty tablets to do that. And I think that's good, but I don't think that this blood-sucking private company should be the ones that provide it, right? Mom uh, was very thankful for her tablet when she was locked up because Absolutely. she actually got to listen to music and like have something of a release that wasn't prison. Right. This is the least evil thing that they can do, but also the state should be able to pay but, for this. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And it's not like fancy technology either. It's no. a fucking see-through case. I've seen pictures. Yeah, it's, it's tiny. Yeah. Seven inches yeah. is not, that's like a, that's, that's like an iPhone. Yeah, that's, that's phone. your phone. And you're, you're listening to music. You can read emails. You can you can do correspondence courses. Like we, sh- the taxpayer, 
if we if that is our phone without the ability to call and text people <laughs> right and you have to bring it to the kiosk which don't always work sync it up there i i think that's a good thing and i think i think prisoners should it, 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 i keep saying prisoners i mean incarcerated people i i just get really flustered well, people, people know what you mean when i when i talk about this kind of stuff but like that's that's all things that they should have access to right they should mm-hmm. absolutely have access to an education if they uh need to if they're awarded for good behavior music and games and things like that you keep them occupied you know like there's no reason that that should be but there's also no reason that that should be fucking privatized and and sold for these insane prices and like the point of prison is to make these people not reoffend yeah and prohibiting them from getting the education and prohibiting them from talking to their loved ones that's only going to make whatever state they're in worse yeah absolutely and and I also before I before I get too much like oh look at JPay with these nice people for giving these tablets. Here here's the thing. So in 2014, even they, though it is a nice thing to have, there's still an insidious meaning behind it. Well, you know, like everything on there costs a fee, and they're so, still trying to make money off of these people. Yes, and according so the only time their financials have become public was in 2015, and we got to take a look at their 2014 20. I think it was like 2010 through 2014 money, right? And the media, which is what they categorize the, the the tablets as, as part of their media offering, it only brought in eight million, only eight million of seventy million dollars in revenue. It is the smallest part of their revenue stream by far. Then, when you look at the the emails, paying for emails and video conferencing, that was only eight point five million of seventy million. All of their money comes from those debit release cards and the money transfers. So mm-hmm. let's not pretend like this is a, a company that's like wholly dedicated to making sure that right. inmates can connect to the outside world. No, they're about making money. They just have this as a little bit of good PR. And you'll see, I've read a few op-eds from former inmates that have said, you know what, you, you can shit on JPay, but this is a great service. And you even just said the same thing. I understand that. And I don't, mm-hmm. I think you can do some good by doing a lot, but also do a lot of bad. I'm saying they did one good thing. <laughs> yeah, no, I am too. And I yeah. said that when I first said it, I said, this yeah. is the nicest thing I'm going to say about these assholes. Uh, and and I think that it's important, but I also don't think that they, it should be privatized. But that's just me. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't no, know. It's, and it's not like it doesn't cost an arm and a leg to make a fucking seven inch hard plastic tablets. No. Like, and it's not like fucking you pick up your phone and you have iOS, whatever the fuck yeah. versions are on now. It's fucking it's outdated technology. It's outdated that, like Android technology, I'm sure. Like fucking and not like Galaxy S20 technology. We're talking like no, fucking twenty dollar androids that you get at walmart <laughs> well they don't, and they don't charge a lot for the for the tablets themselves which is how you know that they're cheap they mean they you know i think they're like anywhere from like 34 to 50 dollars is what i read that you have to pay out of pocket for one but then right. they get all the revenue from the emails and the music and all that other stuff goes right mm-hmm. to them um so in 2015 they were acquired by a larger company called securus technologies um and they are a much much larger prison vendor um, the price of the acquisition was private, but in 20, like again, I said in 2014, their revenue was $70 million, which was up almost double from the previous year. If I had to guess, if I had to guess, and I, I, I think my, I thought I read this somewhere, but I couldn't find it again. So it may have been just my brain. I would say that this company probably got acquired for around $150 million. Yeah, that makes sense. I have to say two things before I get, and we're going to start to get to this, this last little bit. Um, it probably sounds at this point that I'm going, 
maybe soft on convicted felons. And like I said earlier, I'm not an abolitionist, but I also don't believe that we should take advantage of their, our most at-risk people. And I think that our most poverty-stricken people often are the folks that are wound up in this system, right? Can I mean, do you agree with that? I'm on the side of prison abolition. <laughs> okay, that's fair. And I get that. I mean, I, I'm on the side of prison reform serious reform maybe my opinion okay, will change maybe, again yeah maybe yeah maybe i said abolition like i didn't wasn't sure of your stance so i think that prisons should not be about punishment per se as much as it is about reformation i agree 100 that's what i, drug that's what I should get rehab treatment yep, yep. Mental, mentally ill people should get mental health uh yes, treatment I, I, that's it's it i'm but not I, saying that people that are out committing whatever crime i don't care whatever Let's violent just say, crime or whatever yeah, whatever yeah, it is yeah. yeah i'm not saying that they should not be punished for what they did however they should get seek help you don't fucking kill somebody because you're a sane human being yeah. you know you're like that's not something that sane people do they're obviously mentally ill people and they need mental health treatment yep 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 so I, just to kind of put all this in context, because I think it's it's we need to know the victims of this 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 fucking scam, like the people that are getting ripped off by these companies. So black people make up the largest segment of the prison population at nearly three hundred and ninety thousand, followed by white and Hispanic people. The Bureau of Justice Statistics found it's said that nine hundred and thirty eight of every hundred thousand black Americans was in prison in twenty twenty, by far the highest proportion in the American population now. Here's where it gets worse. The poverty rate among black Americans stood at 19.5% in 2020 and for Hispanics at 17%, according to the U S census bureau, a 2020 report from the American action forum, a conservative think tank, conservative think tank found that overall 57% of men and 72% of women who are arrested lived in poverty. Yeah. It's a fucking poor tax. Yep. So I just talked about a little bit about Securus, which was the company that bought, JPay, mm-hmm. I just take a wild guess at what the guy who's in charge of Securus Technologies does. What he does? I'm saying, oh, okay, capital Ca- investor. Say, I don't say, know. An, say another company that you that he owns. Something that he owns. Oh, you're never oh. gonna get this, but you're gonna fucking hit the roof when you hear it. Um, let's see who who the person that owns the company that owns JPay. I'm gonna say. Is he in like the health insurance field, maybe? Nope. That's going to really fucking piss you off. His name is Tom Gores, and he is the owner of the Detroit Pistons. What? The basketball team? Yes. Why don't people know about this? I don't know. Yeah. You're saying this motherfucker has the money to fund a basketball team, but he can't fucking help people out that are in prison? No, he profits off of prison. (laughs) He profits. So... Detroit is Detroit's population is 80% black folks. This guy is an NBA owner in Detroit and he's made the money that he used to buy the Pistons off of the backs of prisoners. Yeah. Off of his people. If that's not the most fucked up thing, I don't know what even to say. It's (laughs) just like, ah, that's fucked. (laughs) That is fucked. Right. It's so fucked. Uh, I just I'm really I mean, glad you didn't say author blank. That's who owns the Falcons. Awesome. <laughs> well, we haven't looked into him yet. Author <laughs> uh, Home Depot. I think he owns Home Depot too. Oh, he's kind of a shithead too. Yeah, if he yeah, does he own Home Depot, yeah, he's kind of a shithead. <laughs> um, but I want to make a happy ending. You ready? Like all good massage followers, we if you catch my graph, give happy endings. 
it's not a happy ending that these guys got yeeted into the sun or anything like that, because that would be the best ending ever. And then they let all the, these, you know, drug offenders out of prison, but the happy, the only happy ending to this that I can think of that's in within reality is that you remember the guy, Ryan Shapiro. Yeah. Well, after selling JPay, he started up another company uh, with a product designed to track your pets, which to my brain is like, he eventually wanted to track humans when they got out of jail. Prisoners, but yeah. <laughs> it, it never got that far. I and made that he, connection as soon as you said it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, how could you not know what this guy started, like how he made his money? Right. Um, it, it fizzled out and the air tags came out. And so that's pretty much a dead product at this point. Um, but since then, what's the air tag? The Apple Air Tags—they're like they go on a keychain and they oh, can like track. tile, yeah, like tile, exactly the okay. Apple version of tile. Okay, gotcha. Um, yeah. So since there, since then, Ryan Shapiro was arrested on fraud charges. Hey, yeah, and specifically insider trading uh, charges. Oh man, the irony, the irony. You gotta love it. You gotta love it. So the U.S. attorney for Massachusetts said that Chris Bort Bortznovsky and Ryan Shapiro netted millions on stock tips from this guy named David Schotenstein. The tips involved the shoe realer DSW, realtor at home, pharmacy chain Rite Aid, and marijuana company Afira. How the fuck? How the fuck? You have millions of prisoners that are in there for marijuana-related. In- oh. And you're... And you're making money off these motherfuckers. Then you yep. go and vet. Oh, God. Yep. yep. So the, the SEC motherfucker. had filed a separate fraud suit against all three men. The suit also names Bortnowski's fund, blah, 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 blah. I don't care about that. So, yeah. So insider trading. This is basically how the scheme went down. Um, it turns out that this guy, Schottenstein, had a cousin who sat on the boards of DSW and Green Growth Bands, which is a cannabis retailer that tried to acquire... Afiria, I think this was called Afiria in late 2010. Then he also had an uncle who was DSW's executive chairman and sat on the board of Albertsons when they tried to acquire Rite Aid in 2018. And so this guy sent gave his buddy Ryan Shapiro these tips, who invested in it, made a lot of money, and is now facing insider trading charges. And <laughs> if there is any justice yep. in this world he will go to prison in a prison that is serviced by jpay and they will slowly bleed this motherfucker dry in exorbitant fees i don't think that's what's going to happen because no. this guy's rich and white and will get away with it but that is my even if he doesn't get away with it he'll get sent to like club fed oh yeah yeah without a doubt so that's jpay man that was a uh that was uh or something. <laughs> I don't have that uh, happy feeling in my stomach anymore often. Well, you can't because you had Tammy Faye last time, and that was a happy feeling. And I yeah. had to, I had to like, I had to counterbalance. I had to be a yin to the yang. And these guys have been on my radar for such a long time, and I've wanted to write about this shit. And I just think it is. I, I think anybody that's listening that isn't mad, you probably don't feel anything about anybody. So go light a homeless person on fire, you soulless monster. No, please don't do that. Um, no, what you can please. do instead is uh, give money to our Patreon at patreon.com slash if you catch my grift. What a fucking segue. <laughs> I'm really proud of you for that one. Um, <laughs> and uh, I'm pretty sure we have friends, right? We have friends. Check out our friends at Pod Van Dam, IWTV Guide, X Over, Super Fantastic, At Odds with Wrestling, Hit My Music Pod. Oh, I said X Over. I what nailed it, you? bud. I nailed it. I fucking nailed it. 
You were staring like you were reading off of something, but I know you weren't. I know you were just staring straight ahead to remember. I was everything. going very slow to buy my time. Also, <laughs> you you like pieced, you hated this episode so much, not in the way that because it was bad, because it made you miserable, that you were like, let's get the fuck out of here. Like usually we <laughs> dilly dally and bullshit at the end of this, and you were like, No, we're good, we're going home. We're Are taking it home. Bullshit? Get... I'm, I'm cool. I like bullshit. I like no, it's bullshit. fine. It's fine. I just I'm just commenting on your behavior because you're like, No, we're deucing out of this one because my God, it's terrible. And you're right, it is terrible. Wall. There's a guy named Shapiro who lives in my building, and I think he's a weirdo. And, I, and maybe I'll go headbutt him just Dude, in case go he's ask related. Some questions. Go ask yeah, some go questions. Ask some questions. Hey, 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 Ryan. He's a kinfolk. <laughs> well, I mean, the guy is originally from New York, so could be. Mm, interesting. Interesting. The plot thickens. But now he's in Florida, so that's your your territory. Oh, what kind? What uh, what area in Florida? He is outside of Miami. He's in a uh, very dude, wealthy. That's a fucking. Part. That's a whole different state. That's, no, that's true. You're place. right. No, you're right. Um. Where can so, they find us oh online? No, hold on. I just dropped my chicken on the floor. I'm sure that carpet has no cat hair in it. Oh my god, you ate it. <laughs> and to, to be worse, I fogged this room yesterday with a bug bomb. Oh god, Dalton. <laughs> when you, we're, we're really gonna party it up when you hit thirty. Not because it's thirty; it's just because you made it that far. <laughs> just because I won't have long left. <laughs> <laughs> I will gladly pay the JPay fees to transfer you money on your thirtieth birthday. <laughs> <laughs> He's muted. He's chewing. Yeah, I didn't want to give him that. If you want to uh, watch me eat, you can subscribe to my OnlyFans. Try to do ASMR for uh, you know. I don't, I don't fucking. That's not real. <laughs> <laughs> Where do they find us on social? You can find me on Twitter at wait, shit. Sorry, I went to plug myself first. What I'm such a selfish asshole. Jesus Christ. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Catch My Griff Pod. You can find me on Twitter at Griff Boy Dalt. You can find Austin on Twitter at Austin Agogo. And you can find Charlie on Twitter at Charlie underscore Butters. Um, and I think that's pretty much it for us for us today, right? You want anything else you want to talk about? We got upcoming plans, upcoming projects, anything on the docket? Uh yeah, lots of stuff upcoming. I just don't know what it is yet. So we'll, we'll talk about it as it gets released. I got to figure out the next week's episode. We do have, the next uh, episode. We have Patreon content coming soon. Uh, we're going to record another episode of Dalt Tales pretty soon. Uh, I have plans for a very exciting thing that I am going to start soon. Uh, Austin and Charlie know, know what it is because I've told them before. And, and I've already forgotten. Our Discord knows what it is. And where can you find our Discord, Austin? Through the Patreon. And where can you find our Patreon? patreon.com if you catch my grift slash and if you catch my grift slash they know that's they know what that means uh and if you're not tired of hearing me i'm on a i'm on another podcast called against austin i didn't name this it. is the first time we've plugged this podcast I on know. the show oh my i know it's I, been I, so long uh where my our friend and uh former guest on the show Dwayne, uh walks me through the world of against me the band against me uh, who i've never heard and I, we listen to every album in their discography in order and we talk about it and I give my impressions and I have apparently a lot of hot takes that most against me fans don't really agree with. So one day I'm sure, um, Laura Jane Grace will figure out this podcast exists I'm and I will be roasted on Twitter. I um, want her to find it. So but bad. the rule is if you're listening to this, do not alert her to the existence of this podcast or Dwayne will stop recording it with me. So <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> oh, God. Now, Dwayne, now that you can hear my voice, and I'm not just saying it through text, that is so silly. You're such a silly boy. You're <laughs> such a silly boy. But he's also a beautiful boy. A beautiful and boy. for everyone out there tonight, stay beautiful. 
clamp down with your iron fist Strides begin conveniently available for all the kids Following the rights movement to clamp down with your iron fist Strides begin conveniently available for all the kids They're trying to build a prison They're trying to build a prison They're trying to build a prison For you and me to live in 